0: You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast.
1: as alaikum Glasgow. How are we doing today? Uh, we're on to a new show today called Ask the Sheikh um, with myself, Uzma, and I'm in the studio with uh, Jantwo. Present yourself, myself, Aisha. Here, and the show is going to be on: Should I fast? Um, for what reasons or bases should you fast and should you not fast? And we have obviously Dr. Nazim Gori coming in and taking your calls. Um, and having a quick chat on whether it's suitable for you to fast in this blessed month. Okay, so we have just got uh, Dr. Nazim Gorman into the studio. Can you introduce yourself and, what, and I'm sure half of Glasgow won't be um, shy to who you are but you can introduce yourself to any new listeners out there.
0: Okay, so welcome listeners. Uh, I am a so my name is Nazim, as you all know and I'm a consultant uh, in diabetes, endocrinology and general medicine at the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital and Gartney Hospital, and I also am a senior lecturer at the University of Glasgow, so I do research and teaching at the university as well.
1: Masha Allah. That's many letters after your name, then <laughs> <laughs> I kind of lost already. Yeah. Let's get started onto the show. Then it says, "Should I fast, Nazim? So there's a quite a few questions mm-hmm. that we've got here, and perhaps callers out there. Um, again, I emphasise, please give us a call in. We have somebody learned in the studio, a doctor who knows what he's talking about, and inshallah he can perhaps help you and advise you on whether you should fast and if you aren't fasting is there a guilt there that you think oh maybe I should be fasting or maybe you are fasting and it would harm your health in the long term so I'm going to ask straight away a couple of questions here Mm -hmm. Nazem Um, if if a woman is expecting or if a woman is breastfeeding should they be fasting
0: Um, it all depends on the circumstances of mother and or baby Uh, in and of itself um, pregnancy is 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 not a reason not to fast So there's nothing that will explicitly say in the books of fiqh that you should not be fasting. However, we are given principles and criteria which we should be applying to our health, Mm -hmm. whether a person is male, female, expecting or not expecting, to arrive at a decision whether fasting may be harmful or not. So if there's any concern uh, that there's risk of harm to mother and or baby, then that would be uh, classed as a a valid reason not to fast. Now, what is classed as harm? Something that would probably affect The life of either, uh, the growth of the foetus, anything that may jeopardise the pregnancy or cause complications, those type of things, and those are the type of things that your obstetrician or midwife would point out. And what should they base this kind of risk on? It should be based on something that's common knowledge. So, for example, if we know that a pregnant mother is really struggling to eat, cannot eat meals, has to nibble during the day because they have bad heartburn or whatever, then obviously in a four or five hour window you're not going to get enough nutrients to support, in essence, two people. So that's obvious. And the other situation would be they have prior experience from pregnancy during Ramadan that they couldn't manage. Uh, that again would be valid as an assumption that all other circumstances are pretty much equal. And the third, uh, and most obvious one, is when the healthcare professional advises your mother not to do so because of something specific to the case or something that they're genuinely concerned about. I mean, obviously, with any situation, they'll say don't fast because they're not going to say take a risk.
1: Sure. Yeah. But the
0: point is, it's understanding the nature of that risk, the reality of that risk, the magnitude of that risk.
1: Mm okay uh, I think that's quite uh, reasonable advice out there so if anybody that's expecting or breastfeeding um, you know it's to your discretion and the best advice that you can uh, you know get and make a decision upon that here's another scenario for you um, mm-hmm. Nazem if somebody for example is taking antibiotics and um, actually somebody I know um, they have gallstones mm-hmm. and they're on antibiotics and they're not too well um, and she's quite elderly as well and um, should she be fasting
0: if you're taking antibiotics, you're giving antibiotics for a reason. Mm-hmm. They're not, it's not something that you just take, like uh, multivitamins, for example. You're taking antibiotics because you want to clear or fix or cure an infection. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you're sick enough to need antibiotics. How many times do you go to your GP and they turn you away and don't give you antibiotics? Yeah. So clearly, if your GP's giving you antibiotics, then you have to say, well, they are for my benefit. Most, more often than not, antibiotics are twice or three times a day there are some antibiotics that are once a day yeah. and that's just the antibiotic side of the thing uh, you've got to also factor in what's the actual condition they're treating does that condition require a person to be hydrated are there any side effects from the antibiotics are there any complications from the condition they've got sure. so the general rule is if somebody's been given antibiotics to take for an infection and they have to complete a minimum number be it three, five, seven 14 or even longer number of days you should complete the prescribed course Mm -hmm. and if you can do that by fasting and not compromise missing the dose because again if you take two doses close together what happens is your body might go low on the level of antibiotic when you're fasting Mm -hmm. and it might not be as effective so again you're going to delay healing so in that situation that's not wise Mm -hmm. Uh, so obviously speak to your uh, GP because the concern is if you don't take your antibiotics and you've got an infection and it gets worse you're going to land yourself in hospital and yeah. this infection is going to get worse so, sure. trying to, so instead of taking two or three days out of Ramadan you might lose two or three weeks Sure. and also as a, from a, a perspective in terms of having a responsibility for our bodies we should be recognise our bodies are a trust from Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. we don't own our bodies Sure. so we have to Absolutely. look after them the way he wants us to look after them because we aren't going to return them back to him of secondly course if you're going to make yourself unwell and you're going to cause heart and concern and trouble and anxiety to other people, that is again not from the sunnah. Yeah. So if you have other people at home who are fasting as well and because of your overzealousness mm-hmm. you actually cause other people to worry and get anxious and distract them in the Ramadan, again is that what you should be doing? Mm-hmm. Because people naturally have a concern for their family members and their friends So Yeah
1: I mean I, I would say on that note some there's, there's quite a few people that I know um, in in their families, people have like diabetes. Diabetes and it's type two diabetes where they're taking just tablets. Have I got that right? Type two Yeah. Tablets? So type
0: two is either diet yeah. or tablets and can involve insulin, but mainstay yeah. is usually tablets.
1: I tablets. Yeah. And a lot of the elderly is going now who will just take it. Um, but in the long term, what's happened is that by and they're such long fasts. We're, we're talking about an average of like you know if we, if we keep her fast, we're eating an hour eighteen hour fast so what's happened is they keep him fast or taking, uh, take the tablets and say you no know, we'll be fine but then by the end of the first week or beginning of the second week they f- they're falling very unwell I and mean, what they don't realise is not only have they had an impact upon their own health but you're stressing everybody else out in the, in the household as well that you know our mum's unwell or our grands unwell so exactly just reiterating what uh, Brother Nazim's saying here is that you know your body's in a manner so you have to be accountable for how you're looking after your own health um so don't push yourself to an extent where you're you're falling very, very unwell for two to three weeks or even more than that, and kind of uh, nip it in the bud from the onset and then, you know, if you want to keep her fast, perhaps could we then, Brother Nazam, um do not keep her fast now, but keep her fast at a time when they are shorter. Of course
0: the point is that if you come back to what what, what is Ramadan Ramadan is about uh, fulfilling an obligation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as with any obligation we're given criteria in terms of what makes the obligation valid on someone where does somebody have a dispensation where does somebody have uh, a, a, even a, an absolvent from com- keeping the fast so, uh, or that obligation so we know for example when we're traveling we're told to shorten the prayers and in the Hanafi school if one doesn't shorten their prayers when they're supposed to it is makruh tahrimi which means it's a minor sin to pray the full salam so you think Ordinarily praying full salah Is more reward No it's not It's sinful Because sure. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has given us a dispensation Because he knows us better Than we know ourselves Of course yeah, so, when it comes to, so when it comes to Ramadan And fasting It's very clear in the verse In Surah Baqarah That if you have an illness Or you're travelling Then you fast A like number of days And if you can't even do that You pay the fidyah. So it's not a case You jump to the fidyah, But you have to look At your situation And again I've laid out Criteria in terms of Something that delays healing Something that worsens The condition Those are valid reasons when someone would say, well, that's going to be a result for me fasting, I shouldn't fast. So if somebody really uh, needs to look at themselves and say, well, okay, Maybe I can fast some days but not all days within the months In which case you're left with a balance of number of days Which you can subsequently make up When the days are shorter, inshallah, easier It may be that you go with that intention By the time you get to winter You realize your health has deteriorated further No problem, you can pay the fidya uh, After you've tried to explore all options The point is there's no sin involved What Allah wants is your obedience Ramadan is, that you, is there so we attain taqwa Taqwa means pleasing Allah And doing what He wants us to do Not what we want to do
1: of course, brother um, Nelson, We have a question here uh, from a caller. I think we we did sort of answer this already, but we can repeat it. It says, if a person has type two diabetes, mm-hmm. are they okay to fast? Hold on. Also, if the person has type 2 diabetes, does the reduced water intake from the fast affect the kidneys?
0: Okay, so there's two separate things. Let's break it down. Let's break it down into the diabetes and into the water intake. Uh, Let's deal with the water intake first. So if a person has a problem with their kidneys, so they have a degree of kidney impairment or kidney failure. These are people who haven't gone into dialysis yet, but their kidneys aren't as normal as they were. These people are at increased risk. Of uh, uh, further worsening of kidney failure because they have problems with secreting waste and managing your fluid balance. In that situation you really need to understand the degree of your kidney failure, why you've got it in the first place and obviously seek medical advice. And, uh, so far one person I've spoken to I've suggested maybe they can fast because their kidney failure is very mild and should get their blood checked by their GP a few days down the line. On the other hand it was someone else with kidney failure who fasted or tried to fast Ramadan one or two years ago and got so dehydrated he got admitted to hospital. So that prior experience was clearly enough to make them realize that they can't do ramadan now what happens is you've got a condition like diabetes which in and of itself can cause kidney problems but Mm -hmm. independent of that can also make you dehydrated when does it make you dehydrated when your sugar control is already very poor because when your sugar control is poor the sugar comes out in the urine and it draws fluid out with it so somebody who has poorly controlled diabetes is often very dehydrated and thirsty so all comes that When it comes to diabetes, whether it's type 1 where you're exclusively on insulin or type 2 where you are diet tablets or insulin controlled, you need to understand your baseline level of control as well. Uh, if somebody has type 2 diabetes but their diabetes is well controlled, they don't have any complications from their diabetes, their medication are just one or two tablets, you're probably okay to fast. But you could still have type 2 diabetes but you could be on insulin as well or you could be on tablets which are a bit difficult to manage and break down because sure. remember, one meal is at about 10 10 15 and other meals at around 2 30 or whatever there's not a big gap between them so sometimes the way the tablets work you might put yourself at risk of having a low blood sugar during the day before uh, because of the way the tablets work sure. so again when it comes to diabetes you really need to speak to your doctor not one or two days before ramadan but one or two months before because if treatment needs to be modified yeah. you have enough time to modify the treatment and see if it's appropriate Sure. Also give the chance to do some mm-hmm. nuffle fasts as well to see if fasting can... Conf- yeah, it's suitable
1: at the same. Yeah. Right, but we have actually a couple of questions, they're all rolling in just <laughs> now. So it's saying here that um, a person's having fertility treatment mm-hmm. and is unsure whether they are pregnant at the moment, mm-hmm. do they fast?
0: Again, pregnancy in and of itself is, a re- is not a reason not mm-hmm. to fast. It's about what's the effect of the pregnancy on the body? What's mm-hmm. your all baseline level of health and mm-hmm. any medical conditions you've got already? But if they
1: have infertility treatment, do you think that that could perhaps so they
0: could, they could be on fertility treatment for different reasons. As an sure. endocrinologist, I deal with infertility quite frequently, and okay. the causes can vary from mm-hmm. somebody where somebody's got too much milk hormone switching off the pituitary gland, which sends hormones onto the ovaries, etc. Sure. Or it could be somebody who has a primary problem with their actual reproductive tract.
1: Sure.
0: Uh, they're two very different situations. So mm-hmm. you need to speak to the person or the team that are looking after your fertility and say, look, this is what fasting involves, I'm otherwise. This is my health in general. This is what I plan to do. F- from a fertility perspective, will it be affected? If the person's already fallen pregnant, for example, and they've taken, it's been difficult for them to conceive, and they're vomiting a lot, then obviously the risk of dehydration. You've got to make sure. a judgment call. And maybe yeah, fasting course. is not the best thing for that person.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I hope that's answered the question there. So, again, uh, you'd have to seek uh, advice in in the best of ways from the doctor and then make a decision from that. Um, I think, again, we've answered this question in a roundabout way, but somebody has has asked the question. um, She will find out if they are pregnant next week and um, they may not fast the rest of Ramadan. They may also be breastfeeding next year if they are pregnant. So what do they do with regards to the fast? So they might find out next week they're pregnant. Okay.
0: So if you're pregnant, do. in and of itself, I'll remember a lot of women don't know they're pregnant until about three months into pregnancy.
1: Yeah.
0: It's not unusual yeah. for a woman to be referred to my clinic with their regular period. And the first thing I do is a pregnancy test and they find they're pregnant. Sure. I like, How did that happen so like, you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the point is, is that just because you find out you're pregnant yeah. a week down the line because you've waited because your period is delayed by a week, Mm-hmm. and that's not in and of itself a reason because a lot of people sure. don't know they're pregnant mm-hmm. if you've got other health reasons why you shouldn't be fasting that's a separate issue Sure. Uh, if on the other hand when it comes to breastfeeding again it depends chances are if, e- e- if a person's pregnant now the child is born at term they're going to be about 3 months so- old by next Ramadan Mm -hmm. in which case there's a good chance they might be exclusively breastfed they may have one they may have even two children they might have twins or triplets so again that's the Inshallah. (laughs) so 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 again you've got to make a judgement call Mm -hmm. I know from our own experience when my wife uh, had her second child Mm -hmm. what was it second or first I can't remember in fact both children were kind of being breastfed she fasted some days didn't fast other days because she was working as well. it depends on the baby's needs and what you can make of course remember uh, in the past breastfeeding in and of itself wasn't a, a reason listed in the books of fiqh mm-hmm. to say you should not be fasting it's in one of these conditions you have to think about things mm-hmm. uh, and it's about your own nutrients and it might be that a mother starts fasting and realises hang on my milk content is going down you can break the fast mm-hmm. when you start fasting it doesn't mean to say you have to complete the fast people get this mixed up uh-huh. The point is, if you have a valid reason to break the fast, sure. you break it. In fact, it might actually be uh, uh, recommended or for you to break it because by not doing so, you're going to cause more harm. Yeah. Yeah. The problem arises if you intentionally break the fast for a non-valid reason. Yeah. That's when people yeah, have 100%. to do the the, the, yep. the the kafara or the uh, expiation.
1: Mm-hmm. So another one, um, I think this is just a basic question. Uh, what do you do to make up for the missed fast?
0: So as part of the Quran says fast like number of days so if you have mm-hmm. uh, you broke your fast on the 3rd of Ramadan mm-hmm. and then you do not fast the 4th and the 5th of Ramadan as well mm-hmm. and you resume on the 6th you have 3 full fasts to make up because you don't do half fasts so yeah. any fast broken in day so those 3 fasts in the Hanafi school, which is the majority of people follow can be made at any point during one's lifetime Okay. sooner the better because obviously you don't want to be left with a debt over your head because fast can be perceived as a debt sure. which have to be paid so you try and make them up when you are able to do so so it may be straight mm-hmm. after Ramadan because you're in, you're in, in the, the mood, remote, in the frame yeah. of yeah. it mm-hmm. um, uh, or it may be that you say well I'll wait till winter when the days are shorter because why should I put myself under hardship mm-hmm. it may be because you're travelling as well why do you want to? so mm-hmm. as early as practically possible without extracting the urine in the process. Until
1: sure. Um, I think that's. I think one of the good things is that um, follow Sunnah, try and keep fast every Monday, Thursday. That way you're kind of keeping up exactly. your fast as well. So if so. you've got
0: any Sunnah practices or any uh, other practice that you've got from fasting, then yes, you can use those days, the 13th, 14th, 15th of the month, yeah. any three days of a month, the Monday, the Thursday. All these they are opportunities yeah. for people to fast. Some people like to do the fast of Dawood al-Islam, which is fast one day, eat mm-hmm. one day, because then they get to appreciate what their food and enjoy the food but at the same time they also remember the the, the, the wisdom gained from fasting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. There's actually a diet plan. There's a diet plan that a lot of, some of my work colleagues were doing. The five, they five was, and two. Yeah, the five and two, where you they kind of fast two days, mm. and I was like, <laughs> yeah, hey, that's so nice. Well, we do that yeah. every Monday, Thursday. Okay, so back to uh, another question. Um, someone was saying, can you donate money instead? But I know there's some sort of, um, you know, criteria to that by donating money instead, so can you expand on that so at so all? In,
0: again, in the Hanafi <laughs> school, if you have a condition where you cannot fast full stop, Regard, uh, then you you pay the FIDIA. so for example uh, let me think of a situation, so a person has uh, a condition where they take lots of tablets, so let's say for example somebody has Parkinson's disease, good mm-hmm. one now people with Parkinson's disease may take tablets anything up to 6 or 7 times a day yeah. and if you don't take the tablets their body freezes, yeah. so that means even in winter time, you, where, you, where the fast is only 10 hours in this part of the world, you're still going to go a period of time where your tablets might be switched off Sure. Uh, not on so your body switches off in that situation you really can't fast at any time of the year yeah.
1: Yeah. and
0: Parkinson's disease is a condition which is not going to ordinarily go away yeah. it's with you for life and it gets worse of course. so if you're in that situation and you say well ok I'm never going to be able to fast I paid a fidya uh, and you can, do that, you can do that prospectively as well when Ramadan starts say, well, I'm going to pay for next 30s because I know my condition isn't yeah. going to change Uh, more often than not you may actually have to wait for a full year to elapse to actually see well could I have made the fast up or not or what's actually happening with my condition because sometimes you don't know enough about your condition Mm -hmm. at the time you need to live with your condition for a bit Mm -hmm. to know whether you're able to or Uh, not and often more often than not you'll realise and and it'll be pretty obvious to you and also your doctor will say to you look I don't think you'll ever be able to fast when that type of sentence is put to you they say okay right that's why I should be thinking of the fidya. Yeah. But until unless that's there, you should keep a record of all your fasts mm-hmm. so that um, if Allah chooses to take one's life away before that, mm-hmm. when your will or estate is there, you can bequeath, obviously, for your mm-hmm. missed fasts to be taken from that one-third. So you say, whatever missed fast I have, mm-hmm. I wish the, the appropriate kind of fidya to be paid for that or whatever.
1: Inshallah. Uh, so you.
0: it's an important thing, as with as anything, as when it comes to particularly mothers uh, or ladies when they're menstruating, keep a record of things because mm-hmm. if you don't... Then you're going to cause difficulty either for yourself or people left after you.
1: Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Inshallah. Um, okay, so another scenario here. Um, mm-hmm. Imagine my asthma is very serious and I'm worried about having an asthma attack mm-hmm. while fasting. Does this make me exempt from fasting?
0: So, again, ordinarily with asthma, you're taking inhalers twice a day. And yeah. Some people can get away with having that four or five hour window between the two uses of inhalers. Yeah. Some people might not. Mm-hmm. Some people might have hay fever as well, in which case this time of year makes it more difficult. The point with asthma is that the majority of your opinion is that in use of inhalers whilst fasting will then break the fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind that's just regardless of your asthma control mm-hmm. and then if you've got poorly controlled asthma you've recently had an ex- uh, we call it an exacerbation or flare up of your asthma where you've had to take steroids and or antibiotics mm-hmm. then obviously your asthma isn't well controlled uh, the person has to make a judgement call you might find at this time of year that if someone has well controlled asthma they can actually manage okay somebody's mm-hmm. got a bit brittle asthma or a bit erratic asthma they might not again simplest thing: start keeping the fast and break it Sure. And say if after three or four days you're really, hang on, every day I'm breaking my fast, you can use your common sense to make a judgment call, well, hang on a sec, three Mm -hmm. or four days, been breaking my fast obviously things now aren't changing with me I'm, I'm much much the same every day so mm-hmm. there's no point in me continuing keeping the Ramadan but I wouldn't jump to that conclusion straight away unless you've obviously been told
1: yeah beforehand. of course kind of, kind of go at your own discretion isn't it here's another scenario mm. um, so my dad gets tired very easily mm-hmm. and I'm worried that the fasts are going to make him lose too much weight ok he's fit and healthy otherwise should he be fasting but he just, he just seems to be very drained and tired by the fast.
0: So an important thing to recognise is by fasting is you have certain obligations on you, whether it's mm-hmm. towards your family in terms of looking after children or you've got to go out and earn a living because it's hard to earn a living. And the line of work you're in doesn't permit you to either take holidays or modify work such that you can m- conducive to fasting. You have to make a judgment call. There is a, an expectation that one will experience a degree of hardship when undertaking obligations. Yeah. It's when it's undue hardship, and that will vary person to person, year on year, circumstance to circumstance. Mm-hmm. Just because a person feels tired, in and of itself, is not a reason not to fast. So, what's the implication of the tiredness? Can you do something about it? Is the tiredness going to be something that they can grow out of as they get used to the fasting? Yeah. Can they modify it, the lifestyle? In and of itself, fast tiredness. As a broad general term, is it enough mm. when it comes to losing weight for some people that might be a good thing,
1: <laughs> like me at the moment? Yeah, so,
0: and I always say to people, if you can't lose weight in Ramadan, yeah, then there's something wrong with you,
1: yeah. No, I think again, I think it was just picking up on the other show that I think it was a previous show mm. we're talking about the type of food you're eating, yeah. And again, that comes down to your health as well. Um, you know, if you're having fried foods, having healthy foods, whatever's good for you, and I think Nazim, you are doing a show. Previously, and what's the best thing to eat as a sahur. Yeah. yeah, so I mean,
0: yeah, my video has been going a bit viral. Yeah. I, had a yeah. c- I got a c- phone call from South Africa. Oh uh, goodness me! Say, international A shout out for Sam Gardi's dad, Uncle Rafik, He'd phoned me up today. Uh-huh. Uh What, Doctor Gardy? Yes. Okay. So yeah. he, he said to me, "Oh, um, I heard you. Uh, I saw your video and stuff. And and he he's seen me grow up. So he and he's okay, a doctor himself. Yeah. So for him, it's just like yeah, he, it's I don't. And he was and he's thinking yeah, when I come back, the fast are going to be hard. And I said, you're not going to be fasting when you come back or you shouldn't because i know his medical conditions i yeah. know his health i know his age so yeah. if he chooses to fast then, then he's also taking on his head but i made it very clear to him and auntie rashida knows that as well yeah that i've made it very clear that when it comes to the lengthy 19 20 hour fast in our part of the world don't fast whilst you're in south africa do what you want it's winter time
1: yeah, yeah. well i was in i was in saudi last year and the fasting opened at what half six seven mm. and um gotta say it was uh it was great, you didn't feel them. Yeah. And then I remember falling back home and everyone was like, Oh, we're still fasting and I'd already finished my fast and yeah. enjoying uh But were you in the intense heat or were you in a Do know what, you know what, I, I again I have to highlight this is all to do with state of the mind. Yeah. Uh, you definitely. know, and if you're gonna think oh definitely. it's roasting outside and causing a bit, a bit of an issue, um, you know, that you know, it's too hot, I don't want to fast, you know, yeah. you, you put your mind to it, you can do it, inshallah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like,
0: just to add you mentioned frying. What is frying? Just I've got Two females. I assume they know more about cooking than most males. <laughs> oh,
1: no, that's sexist. None I, th- I, assume, uh, I, yeah, I I assume. I do not think
0: they do. We're
1: yeah, here, yeah so we, I'm sure you're good in the kitchen as well. Well, I, making... I
0: spent seven years in that, Edinburgh, so I, ha- yeah. I have stayed out of the kitchen now because so my you wife complains you. Yeah. Uh, that I can <laughs> you criticise too much. But what is frying?
1: <laughs> frying is obviously just, you know, having your fried foods.
0: What, what does that actually you're mean? Smosa, you know? Your your pogori. It's sun-toss, full of oil. Oil. So, so you're boiling in oil. Yeah. When somebody fries they boil in oil so what happens when you boil food in water most ordinarily
1: you take all the goodness out of it you absorb
0: the water as well so when you put chow in it gets bigger doesn't it you put no. pasta and it gets bigger. Yeah. yeah. You put vegetables in, they get bigger. Why? Because they're absorbing the water. When you're frying, you're absorbing the, the oil. oil.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that
0: is calories.
1: Sure. Well, I'm trying to cut away from that. But anyway, a person has migraines for two, three days right, during okay. the first days of Ramadan. Yeah. They have very severe symptoms and find it very difficult. They have migraine, uh, migraine induced vomiting. It is usually eases. Off, it usually eases off after a few days. Uh, where do they stand with fasting and they can't take any tablets without fasting what shall they do and where do they stand
0: M- M- Migraines are quite difficult and can be quite debilitating and quite variable uh, Again, if you've started fasting the month of Ramadan and the migraines are so bad that you're having to take it to your bedtime you're vomiting, risk of dehydration it'd be probably wise to uh, break your fast yeah. It might be that you say well I don't know when I start getting a fast I'm going to get a migraine or not There's nothing wrong with breaking the fast I'm mm-hmm. just keeping it. At least you're making intention of starting it, so you're giving yourself the best chance, especially sure. if you're young, healthy, otherwise, and you're drinking okay. Mm-hmm. It might be that if you're saying that the first few days of Ramadan are the worst, so you know that okay. over time things are going to get better. So, okay.
1: Natasha's got fast so. metabolism uh-huh. and uh, she loses weight, but she's keeping her rosy and she's worried yeah. about should she. Yeah.
0: So. so, just one first thing metabolism itself, people often say, well, I've got a fast metabolism, I've got a slow metabolism. I often say, I've got a slow metabolism, so I, so I can't lose weight. Uh, the most common reason why a person's metabolism is affected is if you've got a problem with a thyroid gland either it's underactive and they're too yes. slow or it's overactive and they're too fast uh, uh, if you've got, and if you've got fast uh, an overactive thyroid you'll come and see me in clinic and that is a common condition but it's not so common that everybody will have anything oh I've got fast metabolism what you find is that when you've got a limited period to eat then you start realising oh actually how much am I eating what, how many mm-hmm. calories am I taking in and people fall into two camps they either just don't eat or drink enough,
1: yeah.
0: or they think I've only got four hours, and you overdo it. I've seen people put on weight in Ramadan in the summer. Yeah. So, important thing with weight itself is as long as your weight is is in a normal range mm-hmm. or you're not significant underweight, in and of itself there it should be a reason not to uh, you should you should be able to fast. Yeah. However, there are situations where somebody's BMI, their body mass index, mm-hmm. is low, in which case fasting may be harmful and again, within that it's not that if it's below a certain level, it depends on the individual. Mm-hmm. And there might be certain cutoffs that you use, in which case you are advised to speak to a doctor and I know from a few years ago Sheikh Amr spoke to me Sure, this is when I was starting off with this kind of interest but I still had enough um, experience and knowledge the lady's BMI was around 15 or 16 and they were so weak by fasting they'd be lying in bed all the time and and an imam had said that they should fast I don't know which masjid which imams I'm not going to Mm -hmm. generalise but then and the shakehammer wasn't comfortable I said well to be honest if they're lying in bed oh, then they're getting weaker that's not the purpose they yeah. shouldn't be fasting mm-hmm. and, and they might not be able to fast in the winter even the point is they need to build themselves up Sure. however somebody might have a, a weight where the BMI is just below normal and this happened with another sister who contacted me a couple of years ago and I asked them whether you're doing your day job, mm-hmm. uh, do you have holidays, etc, etc. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to fast as well. So we, we came up with a plan in terms of how much you need keep an eye on things mm-hmm. and how much you manage Ramadan, no problem. And she managed last Ramadan uh, as well, uh, yeah. no problem. She hasn't contacted me this year so I assume everything's okay. <laughs> Good.
1: So if your body mass index is uh, So cer-
0: certainly if your body mass index is, is in class in the underweight category, it depends mm-hmm. how underweight you are. You may need to speak to your doctor or have a think about yourself in terms of how you manage and adapt sure. to it. Okay. But certainly if your BMI is close to 15, 16, you really should not be fasting at that level. In, in
1: terms of, you know, GP saying X, Y or Z, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time um, we have that question, what if our GP is a non-Muslim? Should we listen to him or not?
0: So, GPs have a very difficult job to do because a lot of it is based yeah. on probability and a lot of it is you have a very limited consultation time which is why you should see your GP as early as possible in case they have to see you again. Now. The books of fiqh and the general advice is it should be a Muslim doctor, primarily because two things. One thing is they understand the medical condition, and secondly, they understand what Ramadan entails because they fast themselves. But there's an argument to say that particularly in this day and age, this part of the world, not saying for all parts of the world, where the standard of medical care is, is very high, they have a, there's good experience in terms of speaking to other doctors about things, there's an accountability for a physician's actions as well, so they won't cause harm. Mm-hmm. that non-Muslim's uh, position uh, would be would be sufficient particularly if you can't access a Muslim doctor and remember doctors is a very broad term mm-hmm. I am a gastro- I'm not a gastroenterologist I'm not a cardiologist mm-hmm. but because I work in Europe's largest teaching hospital I can access a gastroenterologist and a cardiologist so I can ask them the pertinent questions Even and, I, and as a general physician I have some experience mm-hmm. so a lot of it depends on the, the physician's or the mm-hmm. surgeon's own experience as a doctor particularly when it comes to the different conditions and particularly when it comes to managing patients mm-hmm. who've now, I have experienced of managing mm-hmm. patients who do Ramadan mm-hmm. so I have a number of different reasons why alhamdulillah I'm very fortunate that I can give yeah. a reasonably sensible bit of advice to somebody sure. and I can, I'm can. i never going to make a dangerous decision because I can always check with somebody
1: um, last one uh, well actually well, a question that I've got here is that what happens for kids that are fasting that are quite young that are 11 and 13 and you know obviously I'm a teacher myself and I've got some of the kids in my first year and first year class that are fasting but I do tend to find them very very lethargic and they can't concentrate at times so should should fasting be, you know, such long hours for them? So fasting
0: becomes followed when, when a person is Muslim, a person has sanity, and physically they've met the requirements of being an adult, which is
1: mm-hmm. attaining
0: the age of puberty. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, for a girl, is the first menarche. For a boy, when uh, they're able to produce semen. Now, if that hasn't reached by the age of 14 and a half... Mm-hmm. Solar years or fifteen lunar years, then it becomes obligatory. Then, yeah. So the earliest is when they go through that stage of puberty. Puberty is a very broad term, so mm-hmm. you have to be specific in terms of these aspects. If sure. they reach that, it's mm-hmm. followed on them, and obviously they have to look, be treated an adult and have to look at things the way we talked about earlier.
1: Yeah.
0: If they are not uh, at that stage yet, then it's not followed on them, but it might become followed very soon. In which case, they should try and fast as much as they can mm-hmm. so that they get used to it. But again, even then if they've got school and they're lethargic they can still fast weekends they can still do Jummah they can do alternate day fasting yeah. they can still do a lot of the months of Ramadan but mm. then they have to fast all of it yeah
1: uh, you can and keep a fast and then miss a fast and keep and, a fast, and I, yeah. I think
0: was it last year there somebody uh, there was a child who had uh epilepsy fasted and epilepsy got out of control and that's a child and I, oh, yeah, they, let's just yeah. say they felt a bit of my displeasure on air <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: uh, oh we don't want to hear that now do let's <laughs> keep it legit and above board yeah so I mean that's um, you know generally is there any other advice that we've got I mean, we've got a few minutes to go so yeah I'd like just to
0: talk about epilepsy uh, sure uh, and there's one sister in particular who I always makes sure she always gives me a sh- I give her a shout out to uh-huh. uh, and she always gives me a thumbs up uh-huh. uh, when you have epilepsy it's mm-hmm. vital you take your uh, tablets at the set times prescribed, because too much or too little of the drug can either cause major side effects or cause you to lower your threshold to have a fit mm-hmm. and a fit can potentially cause a lot of harm, can be fatal, can cause you to lose your driving license a lot of problems, in which case if you have epilepsy, you really should not be fasting in Ramadan if you're taking tablets twice a day Mm-hmm. Uh, fasting in itself, the tiredness, the hunger, can all precipitate fits. Anyway, lowers your threshold. The yeah. warm weather, mm-hmm. dehydration, so you should not be fasting in the summer. Mm-hmm. Fasting in the winter will be dependent on what you decide with your doctor. Okay. But that's one obvious thing. And last year was it? Yeah, uh, or the year before. One of my, I was sitting next to my consultant colleague, and she said, Yeah, just uh, say. Mm-hmm. Patient came into, uh, came into hospital, and, um, and they were fasting. I said, "Let me guess, they had epilepsy, and they came in with a fit." He goes, "How do you know?" I said, "Because it's so flipping obvious. <laughs> happens every, happens <laughs> happens every year. Always somebody that comes into hospital. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think, and, she, and I, think she, uh, I remember Dr. Hawkins. She looked at me, and she goes, uh, "He goes, oh right." I said, "That person should not be fasting. Full stop."
1: Yeah. And, and, this and is a, it, then it comes down to the, the borderline of whether you should fast or not. Yeah. Again, you should know yourself if you can. And if you don't know yourself, then I seek advice from the right people. Yeah,
0: the thing is, we you have know? a National Health Service. At the moment, whilst, mm-hmm. uh, despite the Tories trying their best, it's still a free healthcare service. Yeah. People don't realise the value of that. If yeah. you're Indian, Pakistan, you have to pay for healthcare, it's a different issue. You have free access to your GP. Of course. They can, they can speak to mm-hmm. hospital doctors free of cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people there who can speak. Mm-hmm. If we don't make the most of the means that Allah we've been blessed with, then we are sure. being negligent of Allah's yeah. blessings. Of
1: course, hundred percent. And it's again just knowing and uh, knowing your own mindset and how to move forward with it, and getting the best with whatever whatever it may be. Whether you fast now, whether you make up the fast after, whether you can't fast, you know it's about knowing um, with what the right thing is to do and seek advice. Um, don't just take upon yourself that you think you know best. Seek advice from the right people, and so that you're you're reaping the rewards in the best of ways, inshallah um, so we've got one more minute to go um, I think jo, is there anything else that we think we can wrap up is, is there anything else that you think that Glasgow should hear and should they fast should they not fast or any I think advice that they ha- you have
0: you know your body best think about your body be real and be honest it's not an ego uh, challenge mm-hmm. it's about pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala In and that also that means doing the right thing and sometimes putting aside our nafs if you really want to fast and your body's telling you not to mm-hmm. that's not Allah telling you to fast that's your nafs yeah.
1: and yeah.
0: it's not about the nafs the whole point of taqwa is to put your nafs to the side yeah um, uh, and yes, we as doctors may not always get it right. Mm-hmm. But the point is is that Allah shown mercy by giving you the opportunity to ask someone and uh, as long as we go through the process in the right way, there will be no sin even if you get it wrong. Inshallah.
1: Okay, so I guess we're going to wrap up there. Uh, just like care Glasgow for listening to our show. we uh, Thank you, Dr. Nazem Ghori, for coming in and giving okay. us invaluable advice. Um, and Aisha, thank you so much for joining us in the studio today as well. No